Ready? Hello and welcome to Rhythm and Pixels, a video game music podcast. This is episode world, this is podcast world 23, episode 7, 23-7, and we're your hosts. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm CV Nig. And ev- <laughs> we are like psych, you know that, right? Pretty much. Except, I'm fine with it. Except you introduce yourself. Um, every week we listen to great video game music from all consoles and all generations the past and the present Um, we pick a topic we explore the topic we explore the games and the history and we have a good time hanging out and chatting about it Um, guess what Pernell what's happening I'm at the end of uh, Bloodstained really yeah are you going to get Curse of the Moon 2 when it comes out in two weeks? I don't know. I mean, it's been fun, but I don't know if I'm... I'll probably wait a little while. Like, Well, you you know Curse, you know what Curse of the Moon is, right? Like, they're they're 8-bit games. They're not... Yeah. They, they're in the same universe, but they play more like Castlevania 3. Yeah, I'll probably play the first one then. That might be my next one. But this has been good. Like, it's been scratching that, like, 2D exploration itch. And um, I've, I've been going through the, the optional bosses now. So it never got old or anything like that. Didn't bore you. I got. I would get stuck mainly because I would get really far and then the game would crash or I would die. Like because it's just like any other of these um, Castlevania or Symphony of the Night style games where like you don't know where the bosses are. If you walk into a room expe- hoping they could save your game and then it's a boss, like you're boned. But they usually give you some, like, it's usually like a save room one or two doors away from a boss is yeah. how they usually do it. What's been happening a lot is, like, you have, like, a really long, like, a really tall, like, corridor. Like, not a hallway, but, like, a really vertical section. Mm-hmm. And then on your right would be a save room. And on your left would be the boss. Oh, you go on the wrong door. But you don't know that. It's just two doorways. And so you pick one. <laughs> 50-50 shot of saving a game or death. And so, like, I play through these stages and Christy looks up like she's reading or something. And she looks at it and she's like, oh, um, what are you doing? I was like, well, this feels like there might be a boss. So I'm just going to backtrack just to be safe. And she's like, but you went so far. I'm like, yeah, but I don't trust that that next door isn't going to be a boss. <laughs> But, and no, but but I can't remember. I feel like when you walk in, sometimes they don't just like kick it off. You gotta have to at least step into the room enough to make the door behind you close. So that's you only like, happened Whoa. a couple times. Um, oh, yeah. So it's been, and, and sometimes it's like a cutscene and not a boss. But but anyway, I'm going through the optional bosses now too. I found all these hidden keys, and I'm just just going for it. And it's it's, it's really interesting. The bo- is the castle big? Is it a, is it a two hundred percent or is it just one hundred? Um, so far it's just a hundred. I think it's just a hundred because. One of the optional bosses is is uh, is Alucard, but he's not called Alucard, and uh, you, have, you have to have a vampire, and you have to have a ninety nine percent. You have to have a oh, castle reading, yeah, uh, uh, exploration rate, and then he pops up. He well, he's he's a librarian in the castle, and mm-hmm. so when you find him, you can take out books, and they're like little stat boosts. Mm-hmm. And then from what I've read is that at the very end of the game, like when you've explored enough, you can take out this one book that's like special, like a secret book. Mm-hmm. And then uh, towards like the last area of the game, after you get out of a save room, he'll come back, he'll come after you and be he's like, like, where's my book? Yeah. He's like, you're late returning the book. And then you have to fight him. And he's like the hardest in the game. Honestly, that's my kind of fake magic <laughs> paper ball, cool. like optional boss, like just ridiculous absurdity. Like you, your book's overdue. <laughs> Time to die. Essentially. That's what it is. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I'm on my way to get the true ending. I might not do that because just because I'm not good at these bosses. Like they, for me, it ends up just being like stocking up on health potions, and it's just being really bad at dodging. So 
Um, I might just go through the end of the game now. But it's been fun. What, what have you been playing? I'm trying to remember if I if we recorded last time. Like if I if I was already playing Desperados last time we recorded. <laughs> Ooh, I don't know. We talked about that. I do remember that. In that case, then you already know about that thing about Desperados. But so you're still into that, that, yeah. Yeah, a little bit of that. I started playing a game called 1971 Project Helios, which is another strategy game of that vein. But the way it works is that um, you're kind of moving through like a fr- frozen tundra. And as you walk around, eventually you might come across a skirmish and they'll just kind of have your units move to like blank points. Mm-hmm. And then you go into the hassle of like, you know, mo- having the option you know, to move, shoot. And then you have like two special skills like Overwatch. And for those who don't know what Overwatch is in these kinds of games, you hunker down, and if an enemy crosses your line of sight, you open fire on them. Um, Over and no, then Overwatch is a, is a no, 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 no. That's, that's a video game, yeah. But the word Overwatch, when used as an attack in a lot of these strategy games, oh, I refers see. to that specific type oh of action. God, like, I don't know what Overwatch the, is. That's not that. But then an interesting element about this game is also that as the game progresses, eventually you get to a point where it starts to get really cold because you're in like the frozen north, mm-hmm. and. Uh, as you're on the maps, your characters succumb to frostbite, so you have to move through the levels quickly because otherwise you'll die from the cold. Oh wow! So it adds a bit of pressure on the back end, like move forward, no time to stop. And it's like a bit of a stressor. But it sounds the like positive, something like up your alley, though, you know. Oh yeah, but the problem is stressors with strategy tactic games are a detriment to me because it's planning, but hasty planning, and it always kicks my butt. Like, no, I need time. You don't have time, you're dying. But you gotta be strategic and smart. Yeah, but I thought you liked the stress, like the game stress. Oh, I do. My thing is, if I get it in a way where I don't have to waste time, and by that I mean like, uh, like in the case of this game particularly, you can restart battles at will. So if I try to make moves and it doesn't quite go the way I want, I'm like, no, restart battle. And I just do it again until I get it right. Mm. And I like that because I still can try to come up with the perfect play, but I don't get locked into this forever fail if I don't get it quite right. Mm. So, I'm okay with that. But I've been playing that. I'm about to start Brigandine, which, for those who may not know, it is a ridiculously long-weighted sequel to a game that originally came out in, like, 1996 or something. Um, but it's now on the Switch. They re- this company has released a sequel to it, and I'm looking forward to dabbling in that this coming week. Um, downloaded Smash Brothers, played some Pokemon. I had a gym, I had a gym challenge this weekend. I don't get it. It's like the only gym challenge I'm actually winning at. He listens to this show, so he probably is going to hear this and go, I hate you, Pernell. That's cool. <laughs> but um, but honestly, by that, I'll also give him a bit of credit by saying that um, it's it's been like, it actually reignited my enjoyment of Pokemon battles. Really? Because, yeah, it's weird to say this, but because uh, it may sound like sore loser talk, but it's not. It's different <laughs> from that. So I'm the steel gym leader, right? Yeah. yeah. Everyone knows that you're steel when they come in, when they challenge your gym. So there are specific things you can do to exploit the living daylights out of the gym. The other downside to steel, aside from just the usual obviousness of everybody has my weaknesses, which are very common types in the game, is that uh, steel doesn't have a lot of, you know, trick foolery options to use in the game. They're basically bulk up and fight. Whereas a lot of other types can be like switch places, swap guys with another guy by using this attack that switches places in the field. Various things that just kind of make you go, well, you thought I was going to do this, but I actually fooled you. I'm just like, I'm going to hit you, and I'm going to hit you hard, and it's going to hurt. And if I can't get the hit off, it's like, well, that's so. But um, battling him the first time, I won. And I was like, wait a minute, I won. I wasn't expecting that. 
It's like, okay, well, if I got to battle him again, I got to change it up a bit. I want him to come at me with the same strategy. So I, was, I switched it just a bit. And I was like, what? Holy crap, I won again! Alright. Now, I'm okay with losing. Which means I can have real fun. Because I can choose a team that's not quote-unquote optimal, just a team I think looks cool. So I brought out some guys I never get to use. And equip them with stuff, and play to see how they could fare against a challenger. And I still won! But it was close. But I was like, holy crap! My steel elephant did some work! This is amazing! He never does anything! Today, <laughs> What's his name? What's his name? Copper Raja. Is that his Pokemon name, or is that the name you named him? Oh, that's his Pokemon name. I rarely name Pokemon. Oh, I'm terrible at that. I can't believe you have... You gotta name your Pokemon. I have, like, five Bronzong. I can't name all five Bronzong. Uh, seven Agron. Ten Klefki. Like, I can't name them all. I just call them, I just call Klefki Mr. Jingles and just kind of spread that across as his new Pokemon name. Like, that's Mr. Jingles. Or Jingle Jangles. Jingle Jangles 1, Jingle Jangles 2, Jingle Jangles 3. Mm-hmm. The Jingle Jangle family. But, um... Yeah, I ended up playing that and had a blast with it. Watched all of Upload in two days because that's how insane I get. Um, I also started playing a, a Switch game that I've been sitting on for years called The Lost Child. I've been trying to play more of my old games because I'm having these moments where like I'm like ages getting to me. Like I'm old, I'm getting old, I'm getting old, and it manifests in weird ways. You already know it manifests in the aspect of like dating and family, mm -hmm. but the other way it manifests is in possessions. And the amount of them of which I own but have not used. And unlike some whose response is, I better get rid of a bunch of this stuff. Mine is, I want to experience it all. <laughs> so now I'm like jumping between games even more. Oh no. I'm putting less time in each one. So it's like, I'm going to play this game for 30 minutes. I'll pick it up again <laughs> in a year and play for another 30 minutes. But uh, we'll see. Maybe I will put more time because I was enjoying it when I played it. It was a good dungeon crawler that had some Pokemon-like elements. Which is nice, because uh, I don't think there's too many that do that. Um, maybe... Actually, no, that's the only one I can think of that does that. Digimon comes close, but that's not really a dungeon crawl. I don't know how you can jump around so much on from game to game. Like I, I, I jump I, around. I jump, I jump around. I, can't, I jump up, jump up, and get down. I can't get down for now. <laughs> I think that's the issue I'm having. Um, all right, so... Games aside... Um, we have we have some listeners. Some people listen to this show, you know. Some nice. of them. We some got like do. five, you know, good people, good people. Yeah, They're five. So you can count them on your hand. Oh and, my kidding! We got good people. And, and, and those people, some people will write into us. They'll send us emails. You know, they'll send us um, uh, comments on our on our website, which is nice too. And um, and now we have a Discord server. Well, we've had a Discord server for a while. I guess for a few years, it's been like three years. I think now. we started in 2018. Yeah, twenty eighteen, maybe the end of twenty seventeen, maybe, and so and that's been going on for a while. You can you can find that on our website, rhythmandpixels.com. and uh, and sometimes we have a listener who also writes into us who has such incredible taste in music, who hits the note every time and is so like solid. And it's not just that. There's a little bit more to the to me like. There's something extra about this person. So it's not just that they have solitary music, which they do, mm. but it's how present they are across the community. Now, some yeah. might mention, like, say, Alex the Messenger, who is present and is all across the community, but he's also now a podcaster himself. Yes. It's a little different now, there. This person, this person goes the extra mile across all these different podcasts, YouTube stations, 
um, just a, 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 I think I have a feeling that this person, the electric boogaloo, mm-hmm. is just is just curious beyond curious about everything music and games related because they are finding some amazing information online tracking down like bootleg copies of this and that and like where did this originate from just crazy stuff and on top of that like our just um, incredible musical tastes and the best part about him you ever notice this is this is get this out of the way now but you ever notice how like there'll be a dialogue in either our chat or even like another chat on discord and someone will just like randomly mention the game like for an example um on april 27th (laughs) 2020. That's an example. That's an example. 37. Yeah. I made a reference to an appreciation for Hideki Naganuma in relation to Sonic Rush and how I thought that he did a great job on the Sonic Rush OST. At 1132, the EB was on board. He was like, Did you know he also composed for Sega Rally 2 Evolution? Uh, Sega Rally 2, and here's a track. Yeah. Just had it. Yeah. And it- that's what they do. They, they just. Always the ready with some relevant tune. Mm-hmm. Always. And then sometimes it's just just kind of like here's a track. Here's a track. Like a track. Like Electric Boogaloo is out there doing this amazing work so that we can sound professional, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just love it. I I this is the Electric Boogaloo appreciation episode. We're gonna play nothing but track suggestions that he's just thrown out there. And just leaves leaves like little nuggets of gold for us to just pick up on. And sometimes I don't pick up on all of them, and I have to go back. And I went back and listened to a whole bunch, and I'm like, this is the best. There's too much music to play for one episode. Mm-hmm. It'll probably happen again. We might have to have him on the show. That'd be he has no idea we're doing this, and that's oh, part. That also makes it fun. Though. <laughs> I like- know. We also know we we could have we could have invited him. We could have asked him. Tell, tell us about yourself, but uh, uh, we did not. Because that's <laughs> so, also part of the fun. It's part so, of our show. If you listen to our show at all, you know that that we uh, we don't plan a whole lot sometimes. No, 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 no. Don't pull that. No, we plan this. The logic is... <laughs> yeah, let's put on our, on our thing. It's part, of, it's part of the humor in the sense of like, uh, I, I consider him to be an avid listener and a fan. And honestly, in some respects, a digital friend. Mm. But what do we know? We know Electric Boogaloo is a person that possibly lives in the United States. Maybe. 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 We know, okay, on Earth. They want Earth. They like VGM. Yes. Particularly uh, Spyro the Dragon. Yes. And Gravity Rush. So video game music with uh, awesome bass lines, with Mm -hmm. uh, cool jazzy solos, and a lot of racing games. So I am on board. And the other only thing I can think of is knowledge out the friggin' wazoo oh, about totally. composers and uh, game associations, mm-hmm. whether it be the game creators, the composers, niche trivia, just pulls it out of a magic bag of tomfoolery. It's crazy, but it's also astounding. Like, we joke, but are also serious, where we'll be on the show having a conversation about something, and, and this element, Rob, is 100%. We do not plan. So <laughs> something will come up. We'll start talking about it, and we'll just drop the ball on a factoid. It's like, eh, EB's got it. He'll figure it out. <laughs> He'll tell us later, and that's perfect. 
because yeah. that's that's the relationship that we got. There, like, there, there are some other there, there there are some other uh, 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 listeners who who chime in too. And you know what? Like, I think it's just it's just good. It's just good to I have like clarifying information. I like that we can update our website with uh, more detailed and more um, just nothing false. You know, no no fake VGM news here. But let let's get into some tracks. So we picked nothing but electric boogaloo picks. From so the over first the past track comes few from years. the new game, Streets of Rage 6. You didn't know that, but that's a real game, and it's coming out yesterday. It's already out. <laughs> you know all about it. it. Yeah, it's amazing. I just had to fake video game news. <laughs> but, uh... And then um, and we're going to have some um, we're gonna have some fake Electric Boogaloo facts as well. So I'm going to, after every track, I'm going to have a little fact. And Pernell, you tell me if it's true or false. Okay. Intriguing. Yeah. Oh, you mean about the tr- about the picks? No, about Electric Boogaloo. Oh, this will be something. <laughs> All right, well, you, it's your first pick. The first pick is yours. All right. Yeah. Well, this pick came from EB on April the 6th, 2020 at 7.58 p.m. It comes from the game Cooler World, which in the United States was known as Rollaway. Hmm. It is the field theme, and it was composed by a group that is apparently known as Twice a Man. Twice a man. What, I'm sorry. What was the name of this game again? Um, Cooler World. But you can also put Roll Away. That's what it was called in the states. All right. Well, let's take a, take a listen.
Welcome back. You were just listening to the field theme from the game Cooler World or Roll Away in the U.S. I say Cooler World because that's how it was presented to us by E.B. <laughs> um, composed by a group called Twice a Man. So this is one of those games where this is this, this is a good um, example of something that like, he's also good at where like it'll be a game that I've genuinely never heard of. And it's like on a whim. It might be a link by music, or it might be a link because of like like game themes. But you'd be able to, you know, take this, just give this a listen. You might give this a try. Check it out. See how it is. You know. And um, a lot of times, like I might not have time to play it because I'm playing like a gajillion games. Um, but every once in a while, we'll take a crack at it. Um, in the case of this one, I'm looking to probably get it on a ROM or something and play it on an emulator because I don't know where I'm going to find a copy of Roll Away. But um. I liked what I saw. I liked what I heard. Mm. And the idea behind the game is just like a, you're like a marble running or rolling around like on 3D like floating landscapes. You can like roll along the side of the walls, there's like oh, portals cool. and such. And you're just trying to get from one end of the stage to another without rolling off the edge and you know collecting all the baubles. You know, I used to be back on the PS1 days. You got to collect a bunch of stuff. Um, but I this track kind of stuck with me. The idea that he referenced this classic behind game that no one knew about but him. Stuck with me. Yeah, I've, so never, I like, I've never even heard of this thing. It's very much like Monkey Ball, kind of. Like, I don't know, man. It's 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 so obscure. But this music, man, this music sounds like Massive Attack meets PM Dawn. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, every time I every t- <laughs> once that every time I hear that kind of uh, that break beat or whatever beat they're using, it's, it reminds me of a uh, Set Adrift on Memory Bliss. Remember that song? I do not. Oh man, I'll play it for you later. <laughs> it's really Set good. Set adrift by memory. Set adrift on memory bliss. It's good. Good stuff. I got to spell out Nord if I hear like, oh, that's the thing, the jam jam. Um, well, all right. So Electro Boogaloo. Um, he was born in April sixteenth, nineteen forty-seven. He oh. played twenty seasons in the NBA for the Milwaukee Bucks and the Los Angeles Lakers. During oh, his snap. career as a center. Electric Boogaloo was was a record six-time NBA Most Valuable Player and a record 19-time NBA All-Star, 15-time All-NBA selection, and an 11-time NBA All-Defensive Team member. Jeez. Yeah, I know. Oh, no, wait. I'm sorry. I was looking at the wrong wiki. That was for Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Oh, oh, yeah. okay. My bad. That's okay. It's okay. But the important part is EV likes good games. Yeah, the important part is that I did research on somebody. <laughs> I can dig it. This track was awesome, man. That is so good. Like this is like this is the stuff I'm always looking out for and it's just it's just right there. Like he just knows where it's all at. It's so perfect. It's a good memory bank too cuz like a lot of people will say that I have a decent memory bank, but I'm weird in regards to how mine works. I have a Rolodex that only gets referenced when it's recalled. Like I can't just pull it out of my head. I have to actually get someone to make a statement that drives me like five cards away yeah. from the catalog section that I need to be in. I'm like, yeah. oh yeah! You have to have like a topic that like triggers a memory of something for you and then you're like, okay, I know where that game is. Where like for me, it's like, okay, here's the topic. I'll randomly pick like 20 games and listen to their full soundtracks and hope I like, <laughs> land on something I like. It's, 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 it's a little bit of work, but like I tend to know, start to, to have some games I go back to and, and know where things are. It's and there are some games I've played, too, that I, I remember. But 
Not like you. And I'm honestly kind of glad for that. Like, it's a, just something I used to resent back. There were times where I would definitely resent it, you know, for like, all my friends like going bar hopping and something. Like, I don't do bars. I do video games. But I look back on it as like, I'm pretty sure I wouldn't remember much of my bar holidays because I don't remember much of the ones I did go on. Um, but I remember my games. I remember I, how I experienced Crash yeah. Bandicoot 2. I remember how I experienced, you know, Star Ocean 3. Yeah, you remember you know, those experiences. Stuff. Yeah, and it's, it's nice to be able to just recall those things on a whim doubly so when I can recall those things on a whim to connect to listeners and to you, it's just a good feeling to be able to do that. Mm. I can't connect on what beer I drank yesterday. <laughs> no. I just know beer is good. Um, There's some some flavors. I, for me, like some food, some flavors, and some drinks will trigger some like heavy nostalgia feelings. So, and some smells especially. I mean, I think that's obvious that smells would do that, but um, the barcade near us that just closed, 1984, which is very, very sad. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, like I kind of stopped drinking, like so I stopped going. I don't know, but walking into that place and the smell of stale beer on their floors, <laughs> it was a good smell. <laughs> yeah, it's just like it's just boom. Immediately, I'm like happy time, right? Like mm-hmm. I, I don't know what it is anymore. It's like that that smell is not a great smell, but it triggers like. It's a homely smell yeah, because memories, of your experiences yeah. with it. Yeah. All right. So uh, my first track from Electric Boogaloo is from the game Willy Wombat for the Sega Saturn, which has an incredible soundtrack. I've never heard of Willy Wombat. Never owned a Sega Saturn, but this this music is, is awesome. This is the Ruins of Kuf, which is of level Kuf. five. Yeah, it's composed by Masayoshi Ishii and Takeshi Sato. listening to 
the ruins of Kuf. 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 Ruins of Kuf. Or level 5 from the game Willy Wombat for the Sega Saturn, composed by Masayoshi Ishii and Takeshi Sato. And this is an interesting, interesting game. <laughs> it's, yeah, a, nice. it's a top-down action game. It's, it's 3D, but the characters are all 2D. So when you change perspectives, it just it sort of rotates the... Sp- you get different... It doesn't rotate the sprite. You just get different... The sprite changes the different perspectives. Mm-hmm. Like in a, in a isometric kind of view. Um, so, and it's not super exciting looking, but what's interesting is that Crash Bandicoot's original name was Willy the Wombat. And because Sega released the actual Willy Wombat game first... Naughty Dog, the developer of Crash, had to change the name, and they came up with the name Crash Bandicoot. And you know what? Which character do you remember more, Willy the Wombat or Crash Bandicoot? Well, I'm just happy because it's thanks to that name change that I actually know what a Bandicoot is. <laughs> yeah, the, the, I mean, I guess he, I guess he looks still looks kind of like a wombat. I wonder how much of the, of the character they actually changed. Probably nothing. Probably nothing. That's probably why they went with something as ridiculous as a Bandicoot. It's like <laughs> we're similar enough to a wombat. <laughs> That we can go with this. They probably changed them a bit though, because I obviously had to remove wings. Yeah. So, but um, like at least had to remove wings. So I wanted but, to choose um, this track because uh, out of the list that I had, this one kind of complemented the one you picked first the most. It was like kind of mm-hmm. dark and slow and dreamy. And it's just I don't know. It's got that style of like classic synthesizers and like really like dreamlike drums and stuff that I just associate with the Sega Saturn and I really love that sound. The Sega Saturn and the Philips CDI. Mm. <laughs> music on the Philips CDI. I, I love it. Poor, I love that poor sound. Philips, that's all it had. Uh, music? Was the music. <laughs> was the music. It's all I had going for it. Um, but yeah, so yeah, um, Electro Boogaloo is um, an American media magnate, an internet entrepreneur, and a philanthropist. He is known for co-founding Facebook and serves as its chairman. Wait, that's the wrong wiki again. That's Mark Zuckerberg. Jesus. I know. It's just... Of course, don't fool yourself. He, for all we know, EB could be ghost, the ghost for Zuckerberg. Or or editing all of his wiki pages. <laughs> that Now that, that I could see. He's just real fast on the edit button on Wikipedia, changing everything out. So you don't know who Electric Boogaloo is, except that... They have incredible taste and super smooth, super bass-heavy music. Mm-hmm. I love this tune. Like I love, I love all of our tunes today. But I think this one and your first one are like are my top, top so far. I don't know. We have the only you, two you, tracks we listen to. <laughs> I'm about to say you say that, but this next one might be much I'm better. They're going to be hard to beat. They're going to be so hard to beat. I'm, I'm loving this stuff. Well, did, did you know anything about Willie the Wombat? Like anything at all? I had when I looked it up. I remember the character art because it was definitely advertised in game magazines, but yeah. I'd never purchased this game or anything. This was, yeah, keep in mind, there was definitely, I mean, I started buying lots of games when I got my first job, but prior to that point, I rarely got any games like that. And even when I did get that first job, games themselves were going up in price too, a little bit. Because I said, oh my God, no, they were coming down at that point, but still they were expensive enough where I was like, okay, I'm going to buy this game. Because I think I'm going to play. And, of course, I also was back then still trying to beat games, too. So mm-hmm. I wasn't as keen to buy more games than I could play. So it was a So it was a like you saw it, but you were like, eh, maybe not because I'm trying to beat something else. Oh, yeah. one other thing worth mentioning is probably why. Uh, Willy Wombat came out during an age when 
every game had a mascot that collected a bunch of bubbles yeah. and explored environments, and it was some kind of random anthropomorphic animal. Yeah, everyone um, was trying to get their mascot. Like, PlayStation, I feel like uh, eventually PlayStation had a bunch of mascots, you know? Like, you could say Crash was one, Spyro was another. Crash ended up being their identity, but I still was partial to jumping Flash. Robit. Robit. Robit, the robotic rabbit. And I wish... I actually wonder how that... I think people would get motion sick if they brought that franchise back with today's technology. Oh, I know. If they make sure they make that Oculus... On, on oh like god, with an Oculus, people will be getting motion sick out the wazoo. Uh, can you imagine playing like uh, Tony Hawk now, like a classic Tony Hawk with an Oculus? That would, would be, be awesome, actually, but also nauseating. Super, I could not, I would not be able to last like one level in that game. Yeah, like, <laughs> I'd be I mean, throwing, I'd be throwing try, in the mask. I'd try though. Yeah, I know you try it. And I'd be, be like, like trying to sing the songs or whatever. That'd be like a dizzy bat race. You know, <laughs> where you like put your head on the bat and spin around a bunch of those times. are and for the record those things are dangerous too oh yeah I wow. tore down I took a fence down playing dizzy bat <laughs> <laughs> really oh yeah I when? did the dizzy bat this was I was in Baltimore at a party and they did dizzy bat races and I did the spin around I went mm. to run and I went full steam ahead and crashed <laughs> square into a wood fence and it went right down <laughs> I have I take no shame like you want to have dizzy bat in your backyard you check the consequences was it, was, it was it like a park fence or was it like someone's house it was someone's house oh man and i destroyed that fence no shame <laughs> none you stay to help build it or did he just no that's a party <laughs> and they, it was their dizzy bat game you want to play dizzy bat in your backyard everything's fair game and they i ex- totally stumbled and just trashed their fence so you're saying like they they accepted the risk they accepted oh, the risk a party with Purnell. and doing dizzy bat Oh my! Okay, so yeah, so it's not just having you around. It's it's like you plus Dizzy Bat equals yeah, like broken property. Without without the Dizzy Bat, I'm 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 fully composed. I'm capable of walking next to a fence without smashing it to bits. Yeah, my fence is still standing. I know. I mean, Put a Dizzy Bat back there, and your fence is screwed. <laughs> I'm taking it out <laughs> unintentionally, though. But it'll happen. That's funny. A natural result. <laughs> like Frazier and the bike. You just can't stay away oh, from fences when you're dizzy. So funny. Alright, what's your second track? Alright, next track comes from a game that I feel like he has he has a fondness for this for this style of game anyway, because he's a big fan of like the Sega like sports franchises. Like I mentioned earlier, Sega Rally. Yeah, I think know? that's like because like a lot of that stuff I really, really love. And so maybe that's why we connect so hard on a lot of these music picks. But like within those genres and within those games, like he's picking out stuff that I absolutely love. And in this case, on the date of May twenty third, two thousand twenty <laughs> at nine thirteen PM. Wow. E B had another track. Well if you got the timestamp. <laughs> That's right. I got the timestamp is the special sauce. It's like, <laughs> like I almost wish I had one for like one a.m. It was like one a.m. I was up trying to figure out what to listen to, and then boom, EB showed up. Um, honestly, that has happened before. I'm like, man, I wish I had something to listen to, and I just can't think of one to listen to at late at night. But um, this track comes from the game Sega Marine Fishing, Sega Saturn. Actually, no, I think it was arcade actually. Um, I'm in both. I'm pretty sure it was definitely it definitely was in the arcade at least. And the track is called the Offing. Composed by Makoto Aida, or Ida, whichever you want to pronounce it. It's got two eyes in it. E, it's it's a e, Ida. Ida.
Welcome back. Or rather, welcome back. You're listening to <laughs> The Offing. I don't know why that's killing me. This is all over the place. This just got me. This is the track called The Offing from the Dreamcast and Sega arcade game Sega Marine Fishing, composed by Makoto Aida, or Ida, and submitted to the fan base by Electric Boogaloo on May 23rd, 2020 at 9.13 p.m. Hmm. Eastern Standard. Um, so, this game, I... I've honestly, only time I've ever really gotten into fishing games is if they were mini games mm. and larger games, mainly being because I want them to guilt rewards for the bigger picture. Like, you know, you play Trails and Trails of Cold Steel, you get enough fish, you get points, you get cool equipment, like accessories to ward off poison and stuff, whatever. Um, and as a big fun, or Breath of Fire, you can get, like, you know, the best dragon items by fishing somehow. Um, but... By that, by that token, that means I've never really gotten into the normal fishing games. Which means I would have missed out on all these cool tunes. And yeah, he brought the feet, brought the beats. Yeah, there's not a lot of them, and so we had uh, in the past we've had episodes of um, just mixtape episodes of just music. Um, we had one called the Fishing Dance Party, which was all music from fishing games, and then um, we had one of Sega deep cuts of all Sega remixes. And then over on um, Ed Wilson's show, the VG Embassy, I, w- I did an episode of nothing but drum and bass music, which is what this is. So it's like, it is perfect. Like they found fishing, drum and bass, and perfect. There you go. And one thing that- the, the offing, the O-F-F-I-N-G, the offing is the name of the track, I, which is strange to me. I don't know what that what that means. You described it as being the moment in the game where you sacrifice the fish to the to the carp god. I think so. I, I don't know. It's I'm 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 googling it. Um, looking for a, a dictionary. <laughs> uh, here we go. Oh, here we go. The offing is the more distant part of the sea seen from the shore, beyond the anchoring ground. Or oh. position at a distance from the shore. Ah, okay. That's a much more relaxing definition. Yeah, I thought like you offed a, a fish. You know? <laughs> you like, <got> done. <laughs> One thing that kicked in, I honestly didn't remember until some like while we, after we'd already started recording the episode, but I actually do, believe it or not, have an EB memory. Oh, all right. What's, a what's that? A genuine one. You want to so, share it with the class, Bruno? Oh, of course. All right, let's see. So, I talk about like potentially streaming on the show here and there. And uh, even got a response about it recently from one of the listeners, which I think I might actually take seriously, look into it, like maybe in the next week or two, if I can get some breathing room from work. But prior to this dialogue of streaming, there was that one time where streaming was attempted, and that was during the 24-hour Child's Play Gaming Marathon. Now, during this marathon, there was a period, big period, where I was like, I need something to play, I'm just sitting here, what do I do, what do I do? And I broke out. Crash Bandicoot 3 off the Crash Bandicoot collection is the only, it was at the time, the only Crash Bandicoot of the primary games I had never played. Like, I hadn't played it at all. So it was a brand new experience to me. And Electric Boogaloo came onto the chat. And for the most part, kept me company for the entire game. Now, it was already amazing in its own right that someone would sit through an entire game with me. But it was especially nice because I did a couple of the secret stages. Actually, I think I did. I think I got a hundred. No, I got almost a hundred. I was like, I ain't gonna pretend to do that. Mm-hmm, but yeah. he sat through 
trouble state. Oh, By great. that, I mean there was a level in particular where you're on a motorcycle and you're riding down the highway. And you know me, if I'm going to do a level, I'm getting the full 100%. I want every item. Now, in this game, the motorcycle stages were auto-scrolling. You were dodging traffic, hitting ramps, and crashing boxes. Because in Crash Bandicoot, you smash boxes because Bandicoots do that. They get fruit out of them or something. And in order to perfect the level, you have to smash every crate on one run on the motorcycle level. And on the last motorcycle stage, it was absolute BS. It was a horrible stage. I hated it. Drove me nuts. I'm surprised I didn't smash the controller. <laughs> EB sat and watched every single attempt. Stuck it out. Stuck, Stuck it out. out. Stuck it out. It was like a cheering squad. It was like supporting your friends. And when I beat that level, the support rang through the chat and everything. And there was one other level that gave me grief like that, too. And, of course, it was a vehicle stage. It was a level where you're on a jet ski dodging explosive crates while trying to smash the good crates. And, uh... Again, I died a lot, like an embarrassing amount, and EB didn't leave. Like, at one point, of course, dinner time called, and they'd take a break, because, you know, they're human, so they say. Um, <laughs> so they took a break, but when they came back, I was still on that level, sat through it with me, cheered on, like, oh, this next time, maybe do this, because, like, you almost had it. Yeah, that kind of dialogue, you know, like, giving a little bit of, like, you know, supportive responses. And I ended up being the stage. And it was just great. Like, there was something nice about having that person in the chat just kind of chatting with you while while you're playing a game that's giving you grief. And they're not jerks about it. Like, I, nothing I hate more than the people that are just like, I'd have been way better at that than you. Oh, you're just yeah. terrible. Yeah, we, you get muted right away is what happens when you say stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Like, nobody's got time for that. But the EB way, supportive, just hanging out and chilling way. Yeah. That's legit. Super I would nice. even... So I was, it, it's like one of my, honestly, it's one of my favorite memories of attempting to do like all this stuff, like like social, I'll call it social gaming memories. That's one of my favorite ones. That and then uh, the other one that's a favorite social memory from um, from the stream was uh, waking up at like, not, I say it was not really waking up so much, it's just like barely standing at yeah. six in the morning and um, a listener from uh, England popped onto the stream. And for them, it was like just normal time of the day. And I'm just like, hey, hey, Michael. No, it wasn't Michael Bridgewater. Uh. Um, oh, that's who it was. It was um, I'm Ham Hemerson. Dylan, who? Oh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> oh my god, it's killing me right now. He's all he's all your friends book on your Facebook. Yeah. But like, oh Henrik. That's what the, I love. How I said Henriksen. No, Henrik Anderson. Henrik Anderson. Okay, yeah, yeah. I yeah. confused him with Tim Henderson. <laughs> no, Henrik Anderson. He popped on and was just chatting it up with me a bit. And I was like, "Hey, man, how you doing?" He's like, "You know, I'm about to go to the store with my girl. You know, what you doing?" I'm like, "I'm playing Final Fantasy. I'm barely awake right now. I'm barely alive. Playing I'm barely Final alive. Fantasy." <laughs> but it was great just chatting and oh, just like catching up and stuff. And I actually do enjoy that. Mm. That was a really good memory of mine there too. Just like dad, I wouldn't mind having something like that happen again. Maybe this child, your child's play on the yeah, we'll again. Yeah. yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe he'll hop on and and push you through those difficult sections of um, um, uh, Sly Fox. <laughs> Sly Fox. <laughs> I don't know. I was trying to think of a game that we just Cooper? collect stuff. Yeah, Cooper. Sly Cooper, the fox. That he's would fox, be fairly fitting. Right? Uh, he's like he's a raccoon. He's the raccoon. Thievius Raccoonius. <laughs> Thievius Raccoonus. 
Lightbox. Who's Lightbox? I'm curious. I'm actually would not be surprised if there's a real character named Lightbox. I'm losing it. I don't know. Um, all right, my next. Oh, that's why my next track is from the game Dirt Fox, which is oh. a racing game. I'm about to say, what kind of game is Dirt Fox? <laughs> It's a racing game in the arcade, uh, composed by Shinji Hosoe, one of our, our fav- one of my favorite uh, composers. And this is a track called "Running Up Solo." So I think it's like a, I don't know, maybe like a time trial music. But um, this is for Dirt Fox for the arcade. Bring it back. Yes, this is Running Up Solo 2 from the game Dirt Fox for the arcade, composed by Shinji Hosoe. And uh, Dirt Fox is a racing game um, by Namco from 1989. And it's, it's kind of like a top-down situation, except that the, the car almost always stays vertical, and when you turn the wheel, it rotates the whole stage. 
so it's 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 a little disorienting but it kind of keeps it everything kind of uh together it's it's really it's really interesting it, it, the graphics are really cool it's um because it's vertical it's one of those like uh, more vertical like tall uh monitors oh yeah and in the arcade um you could uh there are single cabinets and there are dual cabinets like like uh, two player and you can link up to four cabinets together to have up to eight player matches which is pretty I would neat. enjoy that. Yeah, that's really, really cool. And of course, Shinji Hasoe, who's like a Namco vet and is just the funkiest Japanese man in the world. <laughs> it's just so good. And apparently he did some extra stuff. I didn't even know he did. Like apparently he's got music in DJ Max Respect, which now I'm going to have to look up later tonight. Oh, man, it's so, so much of his tunes are, are fantastic. They're, they're, they're peppy, they're dark. Um, they're they're jazzy. I, I love the I love the keyboard solos in this track. The the, the FM synthesis is so clean. It's I so think clean. it's my it's favorite so track fun. from the episode, honestly. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I love the bass line. It's got a disco bass. The uh, it's like, like an octave. I think it's an octave bass. He played on different octaves. It's just fantastic. It's so much fun. Um, and uh, it's the reason why I love uh, racing game music, you know, because it's always got some cool stuff. And it's super long, like unusually long track. That arcade fix got to keep you engrossed for all three laps. Yeah, so that's that's one of the things I'm going to miss about um, the Barcade uh, 1984 is because they had a three-player um, off-road. Oh, yeah, that was a great time. That was that's so much fun. because I was terrible at it, but it was fun to try. Yeah, so it was a it was a four player. It was uh, you had four trucks on that game racing around a track like an overhead. But I think fourth, one of them. Yeah, one was always computer. So if you could beat the computer, you stayed in the game. Um, and then first, second, third place got prize money, and then you can spend that money in between races on upgrades. Nitro. Um, yeah, nitro. Just nitro. No man, you got it's always about, it's about max speed and time. That's the other thing. Yeah, the, the shocks I remember being pretty. No, I think I said everything was pretty important. Everything the shocks important. were first. <laughs> the shocks were first, then the engine, and then you just yeah. dumped it in the nitro. Ah, oh, but that place, man, they had um, those little, they had like little narrow tables that they could fit in between the cabinets. You can put your beer down, and you can and you can play. It was a good time. I remember it was. I had my thirty fifth birthday there, so five years ago. Was it five years ago? Maybe it was ten. It was my thirtieth. We're old, Rob. Yeah, I don't know, but uh, we were there and. Um, I had a, I had more than a few, and we were playing the X Men arcade game. <laughs> X Men, X. And Cyclops's move is a kick, but it is just a straight up kick into the crotch, and I just could not stop laughing. I thought it was the funniest thing in the world, and um, I couldn't fit get through the game because <laughs> I was laughing too much. I think my biggest memory of that bar. Aside from just like going there and just like meeting the cool owners and stuff, and like yeah, almost yeah. getting a Game Boy, I'm uh, sorry, almost getting a Nintendo DS like lead going there, but I was too lazy. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing was that it's the only place I've ever drank Skittle Bro, and yeah. it was something I would still do again. But it was something special about drinking it there. What is Skittle Bro? Well, it's a Simpsons beer that Homer Simpson came up with that I remember from an obscure episode. And this one day decided, here's beer, here's Skittles. I should just make Skittle Brow and see how it tastes. So I got a light beer because I felt logically it would make more sense to have a yeah, light beer. I was thinking like a wheat, like a wheat beer, or like a light beer would do. Yeah. Dumped a bag of Skittles into the beer. Did you dump a the bit whole a, bag into it? A whole bag of Skittles. <laughs> Give it a bit of a swish wash, chug a lug, and I actually liked it. 
I would do it again. I don't think yeah, I don't think it'd be that bad. I mean, because it would dissolve a little bit, but then you'd have a lot of chewy candy at the bottom. Yeah, at the bottom, yeah. But early on, you just got a lot of candy shell goo floating around in your water. Oh, floating around in your beer. And that's I great. Know. I don't know, man. Maybe we, we, we can try that sometime. Skittle Brown, man, is this an adventurous drink? You're an adventurous drinker. That's right. I am adventurous about all this stuff. Like I don't like. I, I'm very. I'm usually not fond of common stuff. And by that I mean like my least favorite food is like the onion. <laughs> but uh, by that same token, I'll eat crazy adventurous stuff yeah. like yeah. succotash pizza. So yeah, I can't say much. I'm not. I'm not a fan of cheese, and so that usually puts me out of a lot of people's like, oh, you like food? Nope. Don't eat meat. Don't eat cheese. <laughs> but that's lactose, though, right? Your dislike of cheese. That's lactose intolerant. No, no, I just don't like it. Oh, my God. I had you wrong all this time. I thought yeah. you had an issue. Instead, you just hate good food. I, I ah! nah, yeah, thanks. Thanks, man. <laughs> all right, what's, what's your final track? All right, this last one, I did something a little different. Rather than choose an EB track, I decided to try to choose a track that I think EB would like. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, which would you find? So, uh... I know he's a fan of Stuart Copeland, and I know that Stuart Copeland didn't really do a lot of games, surprisingly. He did Spyro and, like, one or two other games, and that was it. Everything else he did was, like, scores, like, just general scores. Um, but... Like, television score? Um, like, I'm not sure if it was television score, more like maybe movies or just, Mm. like, his own, just some albums. I'll have to double-check. But I decided maybe I'll find something that would sound similar to that something he could produce or sound similar to music that he would have had in his mainstream main game that he'd be like with the Spyro the Dragon. So for some reason that took my brain to Skylanders Spyro's Adventure, which was the attempt at starting a new franchise by using Spyro as the jumping off point, which succeeded for a good five or six years. Yeah, you were into Skylanders too for a while. My wallet wasn't. This room is full of Skylanders, and that's ridiculous. Um, but the games themselves were fun, but I'll get to that in a minute. The track itself comes from the game Skylanders Spyro's Adventure. Um, the track title is for the stage Oil Spill Island, and it's composed by Hans Zimmer, and I hope EB digs it. This is Hans Zimmer? Hans Zimmer. That's amazing. Okay, cool. I had no idea Hans Zimmer did the music to a Spyro game. Hey, I'm surprised. I think he did it for a lot of the Skylanders games, which surprised me to learn because I wow. never knew who did them. Wow. Okay. Let's listen.
Welcome back. You are listening to Oil Spill Island from the game Skylanders Spyro's Adventure, composed by Hans Zimmer. Now, this is a gem. Like, I always had a weird relationship with the Skylanders OSTs mm-hmm. in that they're fantastic OSTs. But I guess maybe it's because they're orchestral, but I never truly remember them outside of the game. But when you're playing the game, it's great music. Mm-hmm. And it does a good job of setting the mood for the gameplay. So you're just like, okay, cool. This is playing. I don't want to turn the music down. I want to turn it up and get it in. But I do remember Oil Spill Island a good bit, which is why I was like, oh, pick this one today. Skylanders is an interesting franchise in and of the, in the fact that it's actually a legit game, but it was both mired and also propelled by its gimmick, which was physical purchases. Yeah, to buy those. Um, like, it was like Amiibo toys. Mm-hmm. And then, like, they would unlock characters, I guess, within the game. Yep. So, when you wanted to use a character, you had to actually put it on the portal, which was a little plastic platform. And the game referred to you, like, breaking the fourth wall, you were considered the portal master. Mm. And you were basically summoning the Skylanders into their world, and you were technically saving them by buying them from the store. <laughs> so, you buy them from the store, take them home, and when the game's playing, you set them on the platform, bam, they're in the game. And as you're playing it, it's basically a hack and slash. You know, enemy mobs show up, you beat the tar out of them, you get experience points, you level up your guy, you get more power and stats, and then you can also use currency to buy new moves for the, each guy. But... The thing that made it interesting in the sense that it, they were able to kind of double down on some of the more gullible folks is that uh, at a certain point in the game, every character had a skill tree split where they specialized in one of their two main attack types. And you had to choose. And then once you chose, you were locked out of the other path for the remaining moves and you were only focused on the other. So you're like, okay, I'm going to focus on sound bubbles for Echo and ignore his splash dash. And you're like, well... What if I want to put the splash dash now? You could reset his stats and get new stuff, but you don't want to do that. It's going to take time. You better just get a second one and have both. <laughs> so many Skylanders. And I remember buying the darn franchise at a friend's suggestion because she wanted to try it. And we agreed to kind of to play it together. I remember when, every time I went to your house, there were more and more stacked up on your coffee table. Yep, because you had to have them all there to summon when you needed them. And it became, I was, yeah, I was like, why do you have them out? Like, why are they, like, why do you have to have such a mess of these things? And you're like, well, when you're playing the game, you got to pull it out and use the next one, pull it out, use the next one. Like, that is, that's crazy. Dia-freaking-bolical, man. It is super diabolical. And by, um, like, the fifth or sixth game, I have a lot of Skylanders, (laughs) and they have no value whatsoever. So if I wanted to sell them, I'm giving them away. (laughs) But they're still cool toys, I'll admit. They are neat looking. They are they are really neat looking. It's, it's why people collect the amiibos too. You know, like they just look cool. Yeah. Um, but of course, with the amiibos, there's more like nostalgia too for all those characters. This is all like a lot of these are OCs, right? Like original original things. Yeah, there's a few like non-originals. Though even those guys get a little bit of an original tweak. Mm-hmm. Like there's like two Nintendo characters, Bowser and Donkey Kong. Oh really? That's but they are very they're pretty much tweaked to the Skylanders brand. Like like Hammer Slam. What was it? Like Hammer Slam, a Hammer Slam Bowser and like Barrel Bash Donkey Kong, and they have like racing suits on. And Bowser drives like a helicopter or you know, a plane that's fast after his clown copter. Now you know, you know Hans Zimmer, right? Like, for some reason, I know his name. I think about Die Hard for some reason. 
Um, I ah, did he do Die Hard? I think he might have done Die Hard. I don't, I don't know. I don't have that in front of me, but I know he did um, uh, Inception. That was a big one. Dark Knight, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Like, uh, there's a there's a master class online uh, where he teaches uh, film scoring, and it's just I, that's that's on my list of things to watch. Like, he's he's so interesting. I mean, brought so, him in for Skylanders. He's so smart. Yeah, but this music, it sounds like a film score, you know? It sounds like something that you would hear, like, in an, like in an, uh, an action movie, you know? Um, it's so good. Did you know, also, he composed and performed, or he composed the uh, the theme to The Critic. Electric Boogaloo did? <laughs> no, Hans Zimmer. <laughs> ah. Well, that's uh, a good accolade, because I love, you know, we love some Critic over here on Rhythm and Pixels. Yeah. It's... It is the uh, the show that probably anyone remembers. <laughs> but I, but at the same time, if it exists today, man, it would fit in so well with our ridiculous film oh, scape. Yeah. yeah, look it up on YouTube. It's uh, it's free to watch. You don't have to buy DVDs or anything. It makes no sense um, if you don't know any like 90s television references. But, that's but that okay. may be part of the fun because you'll be like, what the heck kind of movie is this? Like, Believe it or not, it's fashioned after an actual 90s movie. Or seventies movie actually. Yeah. Sometimes he referenced older ones. Oh my god! Sometimes they reference some really weird stuff. But um, anyway, that was. But good. hopefully, E. B. liked this track. I hope so. I think he would. Do, this is a, do this you is think a, he liked it? I think. He, I think he did. <laughs> All right. So my last track is the <clears throat> game uh, Overdrive for the arcade. Uh, this is developed by Konami. The track is Konami Avenue. And it is maybe composed by Motowaki Furukawa, but we know all that's credited is the Konami Kukahea Club, the uh, yeah. Konami in-house band. So here we go, Konami Avenue from Kukamanga Club.
that is too good. Like that's ridiculously good. This this is this episode is 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 criminal. We could be put to jail for having such good music on this episode. And most of it, actually all of it, really, because even the suggest, even the one I just picked was like inspired by him. Brought on by E.B. Yeah, Electric Boogaloo, the person that we're doing this show about. <laughs> <laughs> this is Konami Avenue in the game Overdrive, for uh, developed by Konami for the arcade. And uh, composer is mostly unknown, but we know it was credited to the Konami in-house band, the Konami Kukahea Club, which is the Konami Square Wave Club. So, uh, man, I just, everything about this, the speed, the drum fills, that jazzy solo, especially at the end there when it kind of, when the drums kick out and it's all super smooth, there's just, the, the, it, the melody is so strong and then it just, it, like it weaves in and out, it's playful. This track's amazing. I, I, everything about this thing is crazy good. I know I've listened to this soundtrack at some point, and I must have forgotten about it because the artwork the artwork looks familiar. I remember like watching gameplay, but um, wow, this music is so good, so so good. Honestly, I wasn't even expected to hit the notes that it did, but I loved it. Stupid it's good. Not a bad beat amongst this entire episode, I swear. Not every single track, every single track. So, I mean, like, I, I can't get enough of this stuff. So we're going to pull this track down, and we're going to get right into what we call the bonus round. The bonus round is where we play covers and remixes and arrangements on our theme, and Electric Boogaloo doesn't just look for interesting and cool video game music. Uh, they find like uh, arrangements and like, like CD compilations with covers, all sorts of weird oddities and ephemera that I would have never thought existed. And they find it and they share it with us on our Discord server. You can find that Discord server linked on rhythmandpixels.com. So, Pranel, what did you go with? Funny enough, this was another one where I actually kind of went in a different direction because Electric Boogaloo has been on me for a while now, and for good reason, <laughs> yeah. to finish the game Spyro's Adventure, or Spyro the Dragon. I don't know about to call it Spyro's Adventure because of Skylanders. But um, Spyro the Dragon. And though I still intend to do it, because I do like the game, when I finally did sit down to play the game, I played it for like five straight hours. So I was definitely enjoying my time with it. Um, I figured, why not pick a cover from Spyro the Dragon? Um, and if I remember correctly... They can quote me, they can, they can correct me if I'm wrong, but I want to say this was their favorite area of the game, too. Mm. So, let's take a crack at this. All right. This is a cover of the Artisan's area from the game. Basically, the second hub from Spiral the Dragon, and it's composed by a collective of people, mm. or, or co- covered by a collective of people. Dale Burrell, Fraser Christie, Scott Jameson... Ian Hannigan, Chris McKinnon, and Andrew Scott. And if I understood the dialogue descriptive correctly, they actually go by the name Magic Crafters, which is also a name from within Spyro the Dragon. Oh, interesting. Okay. Let's give it a listen.
You just heard the Artisan's cover from the game Spiral the Dragon, composed, or rather, yeah, I guess it is, played by the Magic Crafters, consistent of, consisting of Dale Burrell, Fraser Christie, Scott Jameson, Ian Hannigan, Chris McKinnon, and Andrew Scott, all of which are fans of Stuart Copeland, just like E.B. <laughs> it's a good track, honestly. It's funny how, like, every once in a while I find myself picking a track where I'm not, like, doing that thing where you dance in your chair and stuff. But the thing about it is, like, it's okay, because this is not meant to be a rocking track. It's meant to be a good track. Yeah, a track it's, you just kind of listen to and consume. It is smooth. I love the rhythm section on this. There's so much going on, and it's just it's really tight. I, I really enjoyed that. And I do promise I am going to beat Spyro the Dragon. It's going <laughs> to happen. I can't speak for Ripto's Rage and Enter the Dragon, though I may at least try those. But I am going to beat Spiral the Dragon. Maybe even this weekend because it's a holiday weekend. But we'll see. Mm. All right, well, my track comes from a, a Sega remix compilation. Um, and this remind this this reminded me of when I did the, uh, the Sega Deep Cuts uh, mixtapes. Which, um, if you haven't listened to it, definitely go back and seek those episodes out. There might be two of them. But one of them for sure is all just remixes licensed by Sega um, from like classic Sega Genesis and Saturn titles and Sega CD titles. Now this one is from Sega Power Cuts Part 1 and it is a remix of From Echo, The Tides of Time, St. Gabriel's Mask, The Vocal Remix. Um, It's just so unusual and so different from what I would expect knowing the original Echo uh, song. Um, it's very different. This is uh, composed by, uh, or I'm sorry, arranged by Spencer Nielsen and Gary Gary Ciramelli. And um, yeah, it's from Sega Power Cuts 1. This is St. Gabriel's Mask, the vocal remix from Echo, The Tides of Time.
was St. Gabriel's Mask, the vocal remix from the game Echo of the Tides of Time, and that was found on the compilation CD Sega Power Cuts Part 1. That was arranged by Spencer Nielsen and Gary Sirimelli. And yeah, it's so smooth. It is so cheesy, like in the best possible way. I love this song. It reminds me of like MTV or no, not even MTV, VH1, you know? <laughs> Oh, it's it's like it was a good track. I just like Spencer Nielsen in general. Yeah, like, really good. And I heard his voice. And I was like, that has to be him because like I didn't realize that he was singing on the track that I picked of his some time ago. But hearing the voice now, I was like, there's no coincidence. That's the same guy. He sings. Yeah, Spencer I, Nielsen sings. <laughs> so Echo the Dolphin was his second game. Well, I'm sorry, no. Yeah, this is his second game. Before that, his first game was Shakan on the Shaka Khan. Shaka Khan. Uh, oh, I'm pretty sure. You know, this is oh, this is the tides of time. I can't remember. Was it just like the forever man? Um, da, ba, da, ba, da. this was the tides of time. So that's the second game. Second game. Second game. So he probably worked on the first one too. Yeah, he worked on the first one also. I, I've forgotten. It's been so long, Pernell. It's been so long. It's been eighty-four years. Eighty-four. <laughs> oh my gosh. Electric Boogaloo will save us. Anyway, if you want more information about the bonus round part of our show, go to rhythmandpixels.com, and we'll have links to band camps and SoundClouds and everywhere where you can get the music and support these artists. Oh, yes. Thank you for joining us on Rhythm and Pixels. Episode 23-7 Focus on 
Electric Boogaloo. Yes. This is our this is our uh, our, our electric boogaloo focus <laughs> on What's the name of Electric Boogaloo Appreciation Episode. There yeah, we go. The Electric Boogaloo Appreciation Episode. Um, and yeah, because just wonderful taste of music, a great um, fan of our show, always has positive things to say and always has um, great music suggestions. So we wanted to make a whole show for it, for him. Yeah. And honestly, it may sound kind of goofy, but when it comes down to like how the Discord works, like originally like, the idea, the idea is like, oh, dude, we should do a Discord. It's like, yeah, that is a good idea. And then we both just kind of suck at using it. <laughs> but <laughs> really it doesn't do. mean we don't like it. It's just that we're not the best at it. But my overall hope was always that the Discord would become a thing mm-hmm. where listeners of the show would ultimately just go and chat. We'd pop in when we can, and we'd chat with the listeners too. But ultimately, we wanted it to become its own living entity, you know, a living chat. Mm. Um, and the door of those times where we're just not able to quite be there Honestly, EB is. And EB is a fantastic person for contributing to that group like he does. He's always available to like just like have like some interesting factoid for a listener who comes on and say, Hey guys, do you ever hear this track? And he'll be like, Oh yeah, you hear about this too? And like a dialogue will happen. Like it's just nice to see that community there. And EB is a huge part of it. Oh yeah. Um it's just really, really nice. So if you want to say hi, like stop in our Discord server and you can say hello to him. Um, but yeah, I'm actually winding down, Pernell. I am really sorry. It's okay. I'm drinking a Pepsi. I don't know how you're doing it. I don't know how you do that. Um, but anyway, thanks everyone for listening to our show. Um, if you'd like to get in contact with us and say hello, if you have a music suggestion, topic suggestion, if you're in a band, if you know someone in a band who wants if to If you have rubber show, bands... <laughs> If you've eaten a rubber band, call 911. If you own a large amount of rubber bands, let us know. Send us an email. Rhythmandpixels at hotmail.com. Respond, Ray, don't eat them. Don't eat them. And uh, if you'd like more information about the show, a full track listing from all of our episodes, and access to all of our episodes and everything else that we're doing, check out the website. Rhythmandpixels.com. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. It's Rhythm and Pixels, all one word, usually. Um, we have a, a little group on Facebook called Rhythm and Pixels Chat. There's a lot of fun people, a lot of good conversation, a lot of good dialogue. Um, check that out there. Go to youtube.com slash Rhythm and Pixels. We have uh, our episodes get posted there. We also have a 24-7 live stream radio station playing nothing but 8-bit and 16-bit classics and deep cuts. Um, and if you are uh, a Patreon supporter of ours um, within a certain tier, you get a special shout-out message, or you can record your own shout-out message and put it on the radio station, and that goes in rotation. Um, we currently have a few out there right now. Um, so Sweet. thank you to, to, to all of you. And so, again, if you'd like to support the show, just share it with people. Tell people about it. Tell people what you're listening to. You don't have to even say the name of our show. Just say that you're listening to some cool music. It's from a video game from the 90s. and Middleman Bixels. Yeah. Listen to Mithem and Bixels. Mithem and Bixels. It's like Robin Purnell told me about it. Like, How do you know them? Like, I don't know. There's a couple guys from Delaware, and they're, they're cool. <laughs> <laughs> they, 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 home of the cheesesteak. Wait, that's wrong. That's yeah. all wrong. We're close, close to the cheesesteak. We're home of the muskrat. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, we probably, probably are. are yeah. Uh, but if you'd like to support us in other ways, go to patreon.com slash Rhythm and Pixels. Um, you get access to... Um, as a supporter, you get access to prequel episodes uh, the day before these episodes come out. Um, it's just me and Pernell chatting about stuff. 
get access to a, uh, a live recording, a live stream recording of an episode once a month that we do, and that's happening uh, tomorrow, actually. And it's uh, our topic is the sounds of summer. So I'm really excited about that. And we play. we actually got a decent number of submissions yeah. too. So it's going to be nice. And what we do is we get submissions from our listeners. We get submissions from our Patreon members um, from all over, and we uh, we pick our favorites and we play them on the show. Um, and yeah, so we we also like to give a shout out to our Patreon members at the end of the show. Um, at the uh, highest tier, we have that Nick Walker and the Last Reekin. We have Mike Myers and Sonic Medley, Taco Harold Howard. Dave Taylor, Reinhardt Zelkova, Dan Loughton, Phantom Jest, Steve Miller, Autistic Gamer 89, Cameron Worma, Christopher Shenstrom. You a horse racing Shenstrom. announcer here? <laughs> Coming up behind Christopher Shenstrom is Bobby Arson from One Up Funk. Bobby Arson, Bobby Arson, Bobby Arson from the outside. Wicked Sephiroth, Wicked Sephiroth takes the inside. Carlos from the Heroes 3 podcast, Kung Fu Carlito. Michael Bridgewater from the Forever Sound Virgin VGM podcast. Michael Bridgewater coming up. We have from Carlos. Wicked Sephiroth, Wicked Sephiroth. Brian Pitt wins. <laughs> Brian <laughs> Brian Pitt for the gate. I don't know what I was doing. I was just doing like dumb, dumb voices for all there. Uh, but anyway, thank you all so much for your continued support of the show. Um, we have um, just a, a great, uh, great number of supporters of our show just helping us, just pushing us along every week. Um, and we love doing the show, um, but seeing your names every week, it really, really motivates us to do more and to, to, to keep improving the show. And then, you know, when we're able to safely sit aside, uh, you know, across from each other again, it's going to be that much better. But until I then, hear that. we have these little Skype recording uh, sessions, which I hope, I mean, I think they've been, they've been pretty good. I mean, the they have been. been decent. Yeah. I think they've been good. Yeah. Well, you can play board games over Skype. I got so many. I, I know, I, I know, but I want to push cardboard. You know, I want to. I want to pick up wooden pieces. Oh yeah, I, I'm not. Like, I have oh. friends who have been like, you should get tabletop simulator. I'm like, look, I have like 500 board games in that room. I'm not going to buy a digital variant. Let's do that. <laughs> I have physical. I want to play physical. If yeah. we want to get online, I'm going to play a digital video game online. It's it's it feels like it's going to be a while yet, but uh, I'm going to stay optimistic. Stay it's optimistic for the fans. For the fans. I, <laughs> honestly, I'll be honest. I'm coming up on that point where I said, look. Get that cardboard out, but we'll wear gloves and masks at the table <laughs> outside. It's maybe, worth it. Yeah, I mean, we've been doing some barbecues, so um, I don't know. Maybe we'll do that. All right, but anyway, thanks for thanks for joining us on the show. Um, yeah, next week is the sounds of summer. Um, it's going to be a hot one, so check that out. And um, after that, we got some more wacky topics. So thank you all so much for listening. Thanks to Electric Boogaloo for being. Uh, existent if we're existing yeah and being a great supporter of our show and just a cool person so thank you very much uh, my name is rob nichols and i'm Pernell. have a good week and remember yeah this episode was about electric boogaloo's appreciation but <laughs> with that said that does not mean that everyone else that listens to the show and writes in to us or talks to us through discord or talks to us on rhythm and pixels chat it doesn't mean any of you are any less appreciated this show is fun when Rob and I do it. We originally had the intent. Rob asked about doing it. My mind was on the level of if we get one listener, that's enough for me. I just like hanging out with my buddy. But it became so much more than that. Instead, now we have tons of cool people that we communicate with on a regular basis from around the world. Something that I, I won't lie. I never, ever expected to happen. And not only do we talk to you guys. But we also help each other through tough times. And it is a wonderful feeling to be able to do that. It's I cannot 
put into words how wonderful of a feeling that is to be able to do. I could be having one of the worst freaking days of my own. And, and Rob can attest to this. And uh, someone will be like, you guys really do a, a great job of like helping me through my bad days. It's like, we're doing it. See that? We're doing that thing. We're helping people. And it's a, it's a wonderful feeling. And I'm rambling, but the point I'm trying to make is that all of you guys are friggin' awesome. We greatly appreciate you. We want you to keep being awesome. Keep hanging in there. Just keep being there for each other. The world needs it more than it ever needed it before in my lifetime, at least. Um, so let's keep it happening, guys. Let's keep doing this. Have a good night. night. Or day. Or, or afternoon. Afternoon. Or solstice. <laughs> Have you a know. good leap year. Have a good leap year. Have everybody. a good leap year. <laughs>